Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Brendan from BB Fitness. What's going on, man? How are we doing today? I'm good, thanks. Really good, yeah. That's good to hear. So we're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at BB Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start this gym in the first place. Okay, so BB Fitness is something that's evolved over the years from uh, small boot camps outside, uh, which then grew and grew from one night to two to three to four into weekends. Once I'd established a nice crowd that were coming back time and time again. I got to know clients a little bit more in detail, a little bit more personal. And then once I'd identified those people, I then targeted some to go, would they be interested in personal training? And then something a little bit more. So from a one-to-one, more of a group personal training, i.e. groups of four to six. And so Mm -hmm. from that, I found that all the clients who were coming to me really got onto that idea and what they did they started seeing the results of the people who were doing the group pt and it kind of more from there yeah okay that is awesome mm-hmm. so is there was there anything in particular that made you want to start a gym in the first place um i just i'd always been into sports you know i, I play anything with a ball and so you know whatever sport it was at school and then ended up i was playing i played uh, soccer football in the UK for uh, 22 years and my me, me dad was a he was a rugby referee so I was in I was involved in both sports knowing a lot of people from there uh, but it's, it's funny because I was in quite a male dominated um, sports with <clears throat> when I was playing when I came out of to go and think right I want to go and train people because it's something I'd always loved the training part as well as the playing part it was um, the kind of female gravitated towards me and then i now have 90 percent female 10 percent male which I do, you know it's, that's not something i choose they choose you know so there must be something in my skill set that they find it's easy to uh train with me yeah okay so speaking of, of skill sets i'm glad you brought that up um before you started your business did you have like a business background nope no business background. I've never been. I've been employed by the government for 22 years. Bored out my life. Really wanted to leave for like about 10 years, and then suddenly I, I was getting to a point in my career. I was like 30 years old, 35, and I was like, I need to go and do something that I really got a passion about. And so a gym opened in uh, the office I was working. I got to do my um, level two gym gym qualification in there, so I could do inductions in the gym. And then I started using what I, my biggest strength, which I think is my people skills. And in the gym, there was all walks of life coming in there. So I got to know, you know, people from being 18 to 60 years old, from being athletes to being completely sedentary. I got to grips with a lot of different types of people. So once I'd done that, I realized that was my passion. And so it was like, right, I know now there's a pathway for me. But at the time, this was like, this was like 1996, so about 
2005. There wasn't many qualifications at the time or many people doing qualifications at that time, you know, like 25, 20 years ago. Now, you know, obviously in the industry now, there is like tons of people, you know, giving out gym qualifications now, you know, level twos and threes. Um, so it's, I think it's a lot easier now, but back then you had to go and find somebody who would do a gym qualification for you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So being that you didn't necessarily have like that business background when you started your business, knowing what you know now, because you've been in the industry for quite some time, if you could just list off what are the top two skills and you mentioned people skills earlier, if that's one of them, yeah. maybe, like what are the top two skills that you developed over the course of time to run a successful business? Um, one, I would say is everything's in the follow-up. In our industry, I find people want to do things. They want to get better. They want to achieve things. They want to get, they want to lose weight. They want to run faster. They want to feel better. But that hurdle to get them to actually do that and participate in that, there's a massive fear factor. And what you will get is people will contact you with all good intentions and really want to do something, but there's a massive fear holding them back. It might be the, the, the fear of them going to be the slowest in the class. They're going to be the biggest one there. They're going to be the unfittest there. They're not going to be able to do what I ask them to do. There's a fear in everything that they do. And so they will contact you and you'll go, yeah, give them all your details. You give them everything. If you don't follow up, I bet you 70% you won't get as a client. You have to follow up and follow up again. I think there's a stat, I think it's the, the seventh contact you have with that person, you will then get them as a client. So it's seven times you'll, you'll be in contact with them. So I, when I first started as well, what I did, I grew my email list. That was my second one. So follow up, email list, get an email off them. The email gets them away from the traffic of your social media with your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok now, which I've not really got involved with, but Facebook and Instagram are my things there. And you'll find now that they are saturated with the adverts and just distractions. An email is just an email. It's straight into your inbox if you read it. So I used um, MailChimp um, and set up there and just collect, collecting emails all the time. And then I started, and I'm, I was a bit, I'm a writer as well, so... When I was uh, writing, I find that quite easy. I ended up writing, doing an email to help people, giving them something for nothing, giving them some value. So now I've done an email Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week for 10 years. I've never missed. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. If I may ask, how many people do you have on your email list now? I have 960. That's a lot of people. So um, open, yeah. So 960, and they're all local, they're all regular you know people who've been in contact with me by hook or by crook at some point and you will get some people who contacted you four years ago they're still they've still not bitten they're still not there as a client but they will do so let me ask you this like okay the fortune is in the follow-up that's what it sounds like you're saying yeah um and you said the industry average is you remember it being like maybe seven follow-ups minimum mm -hmm. so did you have, like, when you're following up with people, like, multiple times, so multiple people, multiple times, 
was there a system that you were using to keep track? How are you tracking that? Yeah, so I the Mailchimp that I use, the um, email server that I use to send my emails out, that gives me so much information there, i.e. who's opened it, who's opened the last 50, the last 25 maybe, who clicks on the links, who's most active, who, so we have a little VIP list of people who open everything, who click on everything. I'll know how many times you've clicked on it. Um, I get a list on every single email, giving me open rates. So then I can, you can work on, so my open rate started. And I, this is a funny thing, Emily, something that like when you're monitoring stats there, I had an open rate of about 22%. That's now I'm up to about 46% now. In the, that's, that's happened since lockdown. People have started reading. I don't know whether people started reading a little bit more during lockdown, you know, and having to, because we weren't going anywhere. So they read, and they've got used to it. They got into that habit. And now, so my open rates have doubled now since lockdown. So I, I think that is why, because people have just got into that habit. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So follow up and then also create a piece of, like a source that you own, because you own your email list, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about marketing. Because um, right now, you tell me how many clients that you have, like, free podcasts, but how did you get all of, that, of, all of those clients? Facebook was my first thing. I created a Facebook group, a private group, and I added people who I knew personally. So I, I, was, I, would, I never did the cold thing, just added somebody who I've never met before. These were all people who were my friends on Facebook who I knew personally. And I added them to a group and let them know I was going to start a boot camp. That was my first thing I did. And that, that group now, has a, I've got about 1,100 members in that um, who've stayed members in there. And I just post you know, all my emails that go out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They all go into that group. So whether you're on my email list, or whether you're just into that group, um, I added them. If anybody added themselves into the group, I would send them, that. I would get a notification for that, and I would send them a little copy and paste in my notes, a little welcome message, asking them for their email address straight away. So as soon as I got one, it would come up on my phone, and I'd go, yeah, there you go. Send them a welcome message, and eight times out of ten, I will get an email back, and they go straight into my list. And so I've gotten them, you know what I mean? So the, the captive audience then straight away. Um, so, yeah, so it was Facebook first. And then the other best, the best referral people are in the health and beauty. Hairdressers and nail technicians. They are my best clients by far because they are word of mouth. They talk. That's what they do for a job. They talk for a living. Somebody comes in for the haircut, they talk to them, they tell them. And the great thing is, hairdressers, you don't see a hairdresser for four weeks. If they're training with me and they're losing weight or they're looking good or they're getting their arms are getting toned or whatever it is, the client sees it and goes, oh, my God, Tracy, you're looking amazing. Who are you training with? Straight away, they've got cards in their hairdressers there. So I have, I have about six hairdressers who I train, who I keep hold of and look after them and make sure because they are, the word of mouth is one of my biggest, yeah, the biggest referral, yeah. Okay, so for your like specific business model, um, word of mouth and referral have been 
the best for you? By far, by far. Over any, I've done Facebook campaigns, marketing campaigns, I've done Instagram campaigns. Now, um, only in the last probably 18 months, I've probably done Instagram campaigns. They so you're talking about much. like the, the paid advertising on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pay, yeah, yeah. So I target a specific audience. So, right. um, so one of them, one of the things on there, Emily, is like, I think identifying an avatar, like my avatar now, based on the 10 years experience I've got being a PC full time, is a 42 year old female with two children. Anybody either side of that, yeah, that's that's my avatar. That's who, that's who seems to gravitate towards me the most. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's, I want to um, kind of cycle back to paid advertisement. Um, okay. did, that work, did that work well for you when you were using it? Some did, some did. What yeah, the right reason why, pff, I couldn't tell you. It's sometimes it's just one of them things that something really goes off and really and sells out. I said, you know, I'll create programs, a six-week six week program. I've just, la- just launched uh, a 10-week turnaround plan that starts on Monday. Um, so that's sold out. I've just, I only ran that on Instagram. And that's all. That's the first one I've done on Instagram. All the other ones I've done on Facebook. Um, and then, obviously, that's attached to me email list as well. Um, so there's always a link in there. I'll always put a CTA in there, call to action, um, in there as well. Um, but, yeah, some, for some reason, yeah, just didn't didn't take off. Was it time of year? Was it? I don't, I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah. I mean, is this something that you think you would ever, you know, invest into again in the future, considering, like, where you want to take your business? Yeah, I would you know what? I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do Facebook campaigns anymore. I think. I think they've had the day, in my opinion. I think seven years ago, six years ago, it was easy to get get a click, get a link, get a, get a, um, a client from there. It was quite easy to pick them up, and it did made it. The algorithms have made it harder and harder. Uh, I think you've just got. I think you have to pay a lot more money than you did then, you know, because we were, we were picking, I was picking up clients for six pence, you know, on, now it'll be like £2.50, £3 mm-hmm. per, you know, per engagement I would get. So, you know, the, the times have changed a lot in the uh, in the last few years, I think, yeah. And I don't know, yeah. is that more competition? I know, you know, from in my area, Emily, there's probably in a 10-mile radius, I bet in the last five years, I would say there's 20 gyms opened. Units, you know, the like kind of CrossFit units, kind of, you know, people are just opening, as well as four mm-hmm. commercial gyms. So we have Pure Gym in the UK. Have you got Pure Gym in? I don't think so. I don't know I don't what that so. was. Uh, Pure Gym's like a 24-7 gym. Okay. Uh, very cheap. So it's like £12.99 £12. or probably $15 a month. It's a really, the really nice gym, really good high spec equipment. There's PTs working there. Um, so that the competition, you know, is right on your doorstep. So, I mean, how do you compete with a gym that has lots of resources, lots of money, and they uh, the price of the membership is low? How yeah, do you, you don't, you don't, you don't compete with them. They're, Cause they're not my, they're not my avatar. I'm right. looking for people who want to be coached, basically, mm-hmm. they, who will have probably, my audience will probably have already been to four or five gyms. They'll have had memberships, which they've never used because one, they're frightened of the gym area. 
they don't know what to do. They don't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing with the nutrition, which right. is what I provide. So, you know, I want to give them a whole, you know, encompassing plan there that's a real wraparound care for them. Yeah. So they're not just, it's not just the time that they're with me on the mm -hmm. two, three, four times a week that they're with me, but outside of that, they get continuous support. Uh, WhatsApp has been a godsend to me. That's, I run all my group clients through, through WhatsApp. That's been, you know, probably my biggest, that's probably my best resource at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, the reason that I, that I asked you the question about the, you know, the bigger commercial gyms is because yeah. I speak to a lot of gym owners, gym owners who say, well, we just had five commercial gyms move in in our area. So it's a lot harder to get more clients in. But I think what you were saying is that, no, they're not my competition because I have a niche and I know exactly the type of client that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's establishing that USP of what you want to do and how you want to provide it and what care you are going to get, you know. So it's not just a gym that's open that they can go to any time. So it's a little bit like, I think, and I think 24-7 gyms, a little bit like Netflix where, you know, you can go, you people log on Netflix, there's that much choice there, you end up not choosing anything. And I think the same with the 24-7 gyms where, it's open forever. So when are you going to go? You end up not going because mm -hmm. it's not tied to a time. It's not like, right, you need to go between five and seven or between six and eight in the morning. Otherwise, you can't go because you can go anytime. They end up going no time. And I think yeah. that's you know, it's a little bit of a kidology there. Yeah. yeah. So question just popped in my head um, because your model is outdoor fitness. Yeah. And it's cold. Well, at least it's cold over here in the U.S. So yeah. how does that affect um, over the course of the year? Does your membership kind of go like up and down or like how does the weather affect your business? You know, it's, it, I thought it would. I thought it would far more. And obviously in the U.K. we have like, you know, four seasons in one day. You know, it can be sunny in the morning, hail in the afternoon and then sleet at night. It's, it's really bizarre. This time of year. Like now, January, we're we're entering our coldest part of the year, probably coming in. But we did have some freak in December. It was like minus nine, which is which was really that's exceptionally cold for us there. But every I had we had three days: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was minus six, minus nine, minus seven. The girls in the morning didn't want to go inside. They prefer to be outside. So I must have a unique client base who. They get too warm when they go inside, Emily. They don't like being inside and being sweaty and stuff. They prefer coming with layers on, with the hats on, with the gloves on. Yeah. We do a really vigorous warm-up. We get warm, and then they take a layer off, and, so, and they end up with the vest. And I'm like, girls, it's minus two. <laughs> Crazy. But they, they are, you know, and, and I know that they post um, another thing, what I'd say, going back to the marketing thing, get your clients to share get your clients to check in and share massive that yeah that was a big thing with the facebook thing when they could check in i would get at the end of every session especially on the boot camps when they had like the big numbers in the classes i would say right end the session doing the clue down make sure you check in on facebook so that the that one person a thousand people saw their check-in the next person the thought so if 40 people checked in i've got a forty thousand audience there of people going oh what they're doing that was a huge thing, the check-ins, yeah. So the check-ins and the shares. So if I do a post, 
I ask my clients on my WhatsApp group, if you see this post come up, if you see this ad come up, can you please share it on your page, on your post? Are they doing that? And that makes my reach oh, yeah. 20 times, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's almost time to wrap up here, but I have two more questions okay. for you. Yeah. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing now as a business owner? I think the, um, the financial, um, you know, the, we've got the energy crisis at the moment. Obviously, energy bills have gone like four times. So, like, you know, my gas and electric was £180 before mm -hmm. Christmas. It is now £580. You know, massive. Everybody's seen that. Uh, petrol, diesel, gasoline, that's gone up, you know, by about 50%. Food has also gone up 25 30%. People are finding it really difficult. But I then had to, because all my prices have gone up in everything, I've had to put my prices up, which is, again, something that I really had to go tread carefully and go, look, I'm already one of the most expensive probably the most expensive PT in the area um, price-wise for, you know, per minute. Um, so I, but I still had to increase my prices and I did. And do you know what? They were okay. okay. They were okay. I lost, I probably lost four or five, but I've gained five or six. So would so you say I'm that is a, the energy crisis and the economy right now, is that like, because you raise your prices and like your clients, they were okay with it, right? But were, as far as like, would you say that that's the challenge because it's a barrier for new people? Yeah, I think the new, I think new people coming in, I think because it's not an expense that they're used to, you know, like all my established clients. Like, I think my average client retention is about six years. I've got clients who've been with me since the start, ten years now. Um, so I have quite a long retention of clients there who I've known through, you know, marriages, births, everything. And uh, the new ones coming in, because it's not an expense they're used to, I think they're finding, wow, can I afford to do that? So then something's got to go. Is it eyelashes? Is it spray tans? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Something's got to go. Yes, you've got to, you know, do you want to look, be healthy on the inside or just look great on the outside? You know, it's so <laughs> I, <laughs> I want you to make a decision. Yeah, but that was funny and also very true. So, last question I have for you is, what 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 goals do you have for BB Fitness? Like, where do you want to take your brand in twenty twenty three? I would like to reach. I would. I think I'd like to reach more people um, organically with maybe online things. That's something I'm going to. I've looked into. Um, it's something I kind of explored when we was in lockdown and was doing. Facebook lives and Instagram lives and things like that, where you can, you know, obviously you can get your reach out there um, and then kind of package something up there where some online, that I think that's my probably going to be my next step. But as regards my actual PT one to me face-to-face -face business, I'd like to maintain what I've got really. Yeah, I, do, I don't really need to get any more clients than I've got now. I'm, I'm, you know, I can manage the time and it manages my time quite well so i've still got you know a young family so uh yeah. that to me there um, so i mean okay so no more in-person clients or personal training clients right no so with the online is the reason that you want to take on more like online clients is because it would take just take up uh less of your time but you still be able to help more people 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that I think that's the only real one that I've gone like, you know, something that I've looked at and thought, it works. Let's see if it would work. Would it work for me and what time would I have to put into it? Where I could set something up, some, you know, maybe like eight week programs where we just keep enrolling, you know. So yeah, it's something I'm exploring at the moment that. Gotcha. All righty, Brennan. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, you can find me on um, my website, bbfitness.org.uk. That's O-R-G.uk. Um, I'm on bbfitness underscore health on Instagram and uh, Facebook, just bbfitness on there in the okay. UK. But yeah, they're all mine. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Brendan. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about the future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining us on the show is Kevin Kearns from Burn with Kearns in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Welcome to the show, Kevin. How are you doing today? How are you? How, how's all the listeners out there? Hopefully, they're doing good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're doing good, and uh, I'm doing good myself. So, uh, Kevin, first of all, you know, why don't you share a you know 60 seconds you know, inspirational story that, you know, got you into becoming a gym owner yourself. Sure. Sure. So I was the kid that sucked at every sport. Hence my first book on, on uh, Amazon, always pick last father mm -hmm. died of alcoholism when I was 12, got involved in martial arts. I got smart, talked to some of the guys that look like, you know, GI Joes and the super friend <laughs> and asked them to teach me weightlifting. And that led to me getting my degree in exercise physiology yep. and, Never expected to get into it. Did my internship with a personal trainer. That took off. Bought uh, my first gym, the Fitness Connection, back in 1995, right? But uh, six months after I got married, sold that in 19, excuse me, sold that in 2005 and then started Burnham with Kearns when I actually got involved with, um, I ended up becoming the strength coach for 15 UFC fighters. There we go like Kenny Florian, Marcus Davis, Kurt Pellegrino, Daniel Gracie, you name it. And then I put all that conditioning elements, which was more functional training on video and it went global. Awesome. So you really just kind of like accumulated all of the past experiences that you had. And now you're here with your own gym business. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, we have a studio. We also do live, you know, we do online virtual because now virtual, as everybody knows, ever since the pandemic, mm -hmm. it had to take off. It had to yeah. take off. I've got and it is the future. Yeah. 
I think, you know, it is the future. I don't think it's the total future. I think it's mm -hmm. going to be a 50-50 ratio now because mm -hmm. we are social animals. We mm -hmm. are. You know, like I, I was working out outside because I couldn't, I'm a big yoga freak too and martial artist. You couldn't really do anything, right? You, you, mm -hmm. I, was, I was literally going online and doing yoga classes and conditioning classes just to get people out and do stuff. For free, how to get them uh, active and and outside, which is important for our uh, you know natural human biology. But um, staying away from the biology side of things here on the podcast, why don't you share, uh, you know, a sixty second elevator pitch of you know your facility? So, what kind of services do you offer to your you know membership base? Okay, so we offer one on one. We offer group classes. I also do a lot of corporate wellness. <clears throat> I'm also a keynote speaker on both my books. Always pick last, and then you know. Uh, because I'm sure you've heard in the gym owners, this is something I'll touch on later, that mental health is off the chart, right? Mental illness mm -hmm. is off the chart. I actually went through it, and I'm going to drop a bomb on you. I actually tried to commit suicide in 2019, believe yep. it or not. Mm -hmm. There's light in the tunnel. That led to me going after the elements, what we call the bourbon currents, three pillars for mental health. Proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper mindset programming. So we offer a, an array of self-defense one-on-one, -on -one, more on the lines of wellness transformation, especially for the 40 and 50 plus market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is a bread and butter more of the group or one-on-one? -on -one? It's kind of 50, 50. So okay. it's, it's, it's all integrated. You know, we do one-on-one, -on -one, I do group, I do corporate, I go out and do, I'm working on my first Ted talk, believe it or not. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. We, the, the fighters that we got involved with at UFC, I turned that into a conditioning system that went on DVD. So I also do certifications. So I literally have 2,514 Burma Kurds trainers around the globe. There we go. That's awesome. So with all of these services that you currently have right now, you know, all the ones you listed off to me, um, you know, how many people are you serving right now? You know, mixture of the online sector and also the, you know, in-person brick, like brick and mortar sector. I would say we probably have a regular base of like 40 one-on-one -on -one regular clients and then around the globe. That's tough to, that's tough to put, probably put your hand on it. Yeah. Hundreds, you know, I, I, maybe thousands. I, I don't know because of the, <laughs> DVDs. And when I put out that series called the Burma Crenz Basement Tapes for MMA Conditioning, they're 14 years old now. And all summer, I'm going to release another bomb. I actually refilmed all new material, which I'm, I'm launching soon. Okay. As, as a membership base, because people would okay. claim me to do it. Well, there you go. You're listening to the, to the market and, you know, feeling that demand. Um, so you said roughly 41 in person. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So with that, you know, how large is your space? Oh, we only have, you know, a couple thousand square feet. That's all. Okay. Okay. And I, and I do a lot. We only use the facility when we need it. The rest of the time we're outside, right near the building. Because okay. I'm a huge fan of, of outdoor. I mean, look, at you live in the Northeast. I live in the Northeast. <laughs> I can't stand the winter, right? So anytime yep. outside, you know, if it's 60 outside, in February, I'm taking my clients outside, the class, whatever. I'm like, outside, everybody, let's go. Mm -hmm. So that's that's usually what we do. Okay. So it really depends on the year. So a couple thousand square feet and 41 people, you know, is that somewhere you want to stop at or eventually, you know, bring in some more people, serve the community better, you know, increase revenue, I guess? You know, I, I haven't decided on that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a sublet space. So we're 
debating about expanding. I'd rather do more the certifications and, and help gym owners with this new the new system and teach classes. We have a class called Fit to Fight. Yeah. Everybody has a fighter within them. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's basically our tagline is get fit without getting hit. So I'd rather do certifications and teach other gym owners and say, hey, look, we can tap into this other MMA market. People don't have to get punched in the face. And I think the other thing that gym owners really need to pay, pay attention to is, you know, in my experience, when I owned my gym years mm-hmm. ago, you got paid crap, okay, as a trainer. You yep. had to do it off shift. If you charged $50 an hour, the gym got half. My gym was different. We paid you a base salary to be on the floor. Yep. But if you personal train, you made up to you made up to 75% of your rate. Mm-hmm. So for gym owners, I think they need to realize is you've got to take care of your staff, number one. Okay. Yeah. And prioritize your staff. Yes. Prioritize. But a lot of gym owners don't do that. They no. don't. And the other thing is take care of your members, and that's fine. But there has to be some type of connection between the both. Now mm-hmm. with gym owners, but I should say with, with members, the other thing to look into is all that mental health. Like, okay, say, say all of a sudden you stop showing up. I mean, mental illness is off the chart right now. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And I think the pandemic has brought it forth. I mean, mm-hmm. divorce rates up by 68%. Suicides yeah. through the roof. It's and I, crazy I think, right now. And I think gym owners need to sit there and go, hey, well, why hasn't Joseph been in four months? Should we call him? Versus, hey, Somebody told me this the other day when I was on a podcast, mental health podcast, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to quit the gym. Okay, just sign it and leave. Well, why are you quitting the gym? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's going on? So dig deeper. deeper. Dig deeper. Be in tune with what's going on with your members because, you know, why are they gone? People, if people have equipment at home, and this is, this is a study that was done in 1995, legit. People that have equipment at home, they don't stop going to the gym because they have equipment at home. They stop coming to go to the gym because they get out of the habit. Mm-hmm. And, and once, well, actually, like, I agree with you. And I also think of it as a, you know, like a daily discipline in a way. It's like this little granular marble, like the more you practice it, the bigger it is. But as soon as you break that momentum and stop, you're just starting over from square one. And then, you know, how your brain works it. It's like self-sabotage and you go all the way before you started. Um, I agree. I agree. It's, I think, it's interesting how that works, really, though. I think gym owners need to really pick up on what's going on the floor. You know, like in the martial arts schools, one of the things they they push. I have a friend of mine, the Grandmaster Zufi Ahmed. He has nine schools in Texas. Nine. His biggest yeah. one is 10,000 square feet. He knows all the he's, – he's, as busy as he is, he spends a minimum of 10 hours teaching classes on the floor. He goes, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me grounded. So I think it's important for gym owners. Like it's almost like a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I owned my gym, everybody knew me. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew me. And still today, everybody knows me as Coach Kearns. Well, we can call. I always tell people, like, well, how, how do we get you? I go, here's my phone. I pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, oh, well, go on calendar or make this link and, you know, get your head out of this and be a people person because that's why we're in this business to be, is, to, is, is to help people and save people. And, and go back to your roots, which exactly just like you said here, Kevin, you know, we all initially came into this industry to change the world and serve people and help them to guide them on how to properly improve their health, not just to obviously making money is great, but it's not only about making the money. It's no. how can we serve these people so greatly that they will pay us greatly. 
It's an equal value exchange. I agree with you. Look, when you do sales, here's the thing, thing. You're not just trying to get the sale, right? Everybody wants to get the sale, but here's the Mm. thing. You're trying to fulfill a need. Mm. Need. Okay, let's let's talk some let's talk let's talk some stats because I'm a statistician. Let's do when it. I graduated college, the average body fat, excuse me, body fat for American male average was 15 percent. It's now 27. The average body fat for a female was 25 because of childbearing. It's now mm-hmm. 37. We're getting fatter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's based off of our in well food industry too. It's like everything that's being manufactured nowadays. It's all to push us towards the side of unhealthy and basically to make us all weak. Let's just be transparent here. Well, let's face facts. We're, we're, every generation gets weaker because we have more. I mean, now you can actually plug, you know, you can click point and then you have food delivered to your, to your door. Mm-hmm. Like I, I live in a huge loft building and I, and I walk by and I see like Dunkin' Donuts delivered to somebody's door. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's around the corner. Why don't you walk? <laughs> Go take a walk. I think the big thing is this for people, move and improve, right? So what's going on with people? Why can't we get them into the gym? What's going on with, why, why aren't they coming to the gym? And I think the biggest thing is people think, oh, it's going to be so much work. And I think that the other concept people have to remember, when motivation dies, discipline has to take over. The other part of that is accountability. Like our gym, if you didn't come, when I owned my gym before, even now still, but we had 900 members. If you didn't come in for a week, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? Huh? Yeah, it's Coach Curtis. What's going on? Uh, nothing. I go, have a seat at the gym. Oh, well, when are you getting your ass in here? Click. Mm-hmm. You know, be personable. Go back to Dale Carnegie, right? Dale Carnegie. How to win, win friends and influence people. people. Yeah. Be genuinely, rule number three, be genuinely interested in people. Mm-hmm. That's how you win relationships and win people, literally. Well, and this is so much winning as it is, I agree with you. I think the winning is the wrong term that he yeah. used. I think it's more like acquiring authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, genuine. Yeah. Like genuine. I've, had people, I've had people say to me, well, you know, we got to work on your accent because, uh, you know, your syntax. And I'm like, go, you know what, yourself. Yeah. People, I go, I'm from Boston and people like me that way. Mm-hmm. It's... It's who you truly are as like the person. Cause obviously, you know, that's, that's the culture. That's the way things are there. Um, but Kevin, why don't we dive into the marketing side of things? So what are you doing right now, you know, for the gym facility in terms of marketing? Is it mainly word of mouth? Are you on social media? What does that look like for you? So we're definitely word of mouth is a big push for us as always. I don't think word of mouth is ever going to stop. I think what also what works for gym owners is definitely like I didn't do this for a long time and I finally did. I joined a couple of local chamber of commerce groups and it's been very good for business wise. Mm-hmm. The other thing uh-huh. is if you're not using LinkedIn, you should be. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. people told me years, somebody told me years ago not to pay attention to it. We've got over 19,000 contacts on my LinkedIn. 19,000. Am mm-hmm. I on Facebook? Yes. Am I on you know Instagram? Yes. I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. Uh, you know, those are things that, you know, one thing I did this year that was a little different. Yeah. Instead of launching the whole New Year's resolution thing right on the first or around that time, I, I delayed that a couple of days because I was watching the market on Facebook and people would just get inundated. Hey, try yeah. this, try this. They're getting smashed with advertisements. And yeah. I, I, almost t- I almost said, you know, for some reason, like the, the little voice in me says, take a step back, just mm-hmm. hold off for a little bit. 
because you have this rush. Oh, it's first of the year, first of the year. And then you like you put. It's almost like a what you know my coach Steve Woody would call a drip program, just drip content, drip content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, drip campaigns in a way. Exactly. So you just drip, you just dripping content, and then put something out useful, and then you know know your market. I mean, our big thing right now is fit to fight. You know, mm-hmm. it's our you know more of our MMA conditioning program, but it's not for MMA; it's for everybody. Yeah. You know, there's, nothing, there's nothing like teaching a client how to hit pads because it feels good to hit shit. Let's face mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mentally, yeah, it's it, yeah. it's amazing. It is. It's like when when you you know when you were younger, we used to go chop wood, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like we go 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 hit stuff, go bang it. Like one of my clients said, you know, he's in his sixties. He said his almost seventies. His his grandmother would say, you know, you're you're aggravated. Go go hammer a piece of wood. Go hit a nail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like hitting stuff. I can't help it. It's just the way I am. I mean, mm-hmm. what's hard as kids? Don't hit your sister. Don't do. We're let's hit something fight. else though. Hit something else that won't. Do it some yeah, literally. As you know, in boxing, um, even even psychology, they say, well, hit, punch a pillow. Let me tell you something. You have a coach on the other side holding pads, and you're unloading, and then they're coaching you. It's a hell of a lot more fun. Yes, yes, because you're also being instructed on how to do it correctly if you're not doing it correctly. And that also, you know, I'm not sure what it is like psychologically, but it like just flips a switch in your brain that makes you feel really good. Like when you make that good connection and then they affirm you, or if you don't do it right and they're like, actually do it this way, you hit it correctly. And then they affirm you. It's like, Oh my goodness. I love doing this. It's the sweet spot. It's almost like hitting the tennis ball just right. Or like hit- a baseball on a baseball bat, like we're in the sweet spot. Or the golf ball, right? Yeah. Just, just right. And I think it's, I think it's, it, it gets down to being visceral let's face facts. I mean, we are a compassionate species. We're also a violent species, but now you get to hit something without getting in trouble. So on our marketing scheme, our marketing programs, you know, vary from the drip campaign, from posting on social media, but the big thing is the fit to fight. And obviously the big thing for us now is our Burma Currents three pillars, you know, mm-hmm. for mental health, proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper mindset programming. That's my big push. And I'm doing a lot of keynotes on that. And, and as a matter of fact, I've got a, a keynote tomorrow for Cox Cable. Okay. All their employees. Yeah. For, for all of, I think, I don't even know how many people are going to be on the line. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I, I got a little cold over the weekend. You're good. Um, so it sounds like you are on the social medias and you're, you know, doing these keynote speeches. Do you normally get, you know, members from those keynotes or how does that work for you? Well, not so much from the keynotes, what you'll get from the keynotes and from like, I've, I've presented it at idea fitness world. Yeah. Trainer Institute. Um, the Arnold Classic. I've done a lot of presentations 15 years, which you'll get a lot of times is the certifications. Hey, let's yep. bring Coach out to our gym. So let's certify our people because we've got level one to, to master coach on the mm-hmm. MMA conditioning system, the Broncos MMA conditioning system, and the MMA fighter fit the fit to fight protocols. Mm-hmm. That gives them the ability to, to, to have new classes. You know, it's just okay. something yeah. That's usually what that will be for. And to reach other to reach other people, I have, excuse me. Wow. I don't know what I got to tickle my throat. I have had multiple, and I'm not trying to be egotistical at all because your ego is not your amigo. Multiple radio interviews have led to other clients, you know, mm-hmm. whether corporate or otherwise. I mean, I, I've done corporate things for UPS, Granite Telecommunications, Tough Medical, which is a lot of fun. You should get a lot of people in a big room and you can make an influence. I think that I think the biggest thing for gym owners, studio owners to understand is you have an influence over your people. 
Mm-hmm. You have an influence. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I had my, my gym, you know, it has to be a combination of everything. When I had my, my gym years ago, and I still do it today, but when I had my gym years ago, just my regular gym where we did personal training, I told my guys to go, look, I go, you're getting paid X amount to be on the floor. To me, no offense, it's a whip clause. Go out and market yourself. When I first started in the huge gold gym in Braintree, there was like 5,000 square feet. There was anybody with a clipboard as a trainer. So what I would do is I'd get up, get up there at 5.30 in the morning and we'd walk around and I would see somebody doing something incorrectly, but I would approach them and say, hey, that's great, but I wouldn't knock it down. I would say, hey, how about, how about let me show you a more effective, efficient, and safer way to do that? Boom. And that's how you got a customer. Mm-hmm. If to get it's like, oh man, it was in a, a sales book that I read recently. It's like, get the agreement or like agree with them or, you know, just get that, uh, you know, person to person agreement and then offer something after that. It's like, yeah, I completely agree. Like that form is okay, but why don't you try out this? You know, why, why don't you try to move your arm this way a little bit just to get that, you know, I think it's more like dopamine like response in their brain to make them feel good and then correct them. And then they do it actually correctly. Um, but Kevin, I was actually curious, you know, since you mentioned that there, you know, what is the biggest, you know, lesson that you would share to your younger self, you know, 37 years ago, getting into this industry? What's that one lesson? I know there's so many, but just that one lesson. You got to have some grit for the grind. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to fail a lot and you're going to dust yourself off and get back up. I mean, I've got two Rocky posters up here, right? From mm-hmm. that one. You know, it, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Life's going to hit you harder than anything else. And it's not how hard you can get hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How, how much you can keep getting up. Ali, Ali used to say, get up seven times. You know what I say? Get up a thousand and get up, well, get up, get knocked down seven times, get up eight. I say get knocked down a thousand times, keep, get up a thousand and one and two and three. Life's going to hit you hard. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're self-employed, you're going to get knocked in the face. You're going to get, you're going to get bloody. You're going to get scraped. You got to be able to, you know, jump out of that plane in your parachute and, and plan that the parachute will open, but you're going to get scratched, going to get cut. That's the fear as you're going mm-hmm. down, but the parachute will open. You know, listen to this. Your heart. heart. They call it your gut, but your heart knows. Listen to your heart when you go to do something. Because if I told you, fast uh, backtrack for a second, rewind. I got involved with my first fight at Kenny Florian when he was fighting for a championship. He hurt his back, had another strength coach. His marketing manager called me and said, hey, can you help Kenny out? Because, you know, you're a sponsor and, you know, you know these flexibility techniques. I said, sure. Mm -hmm. And I got inspired. I said, hey, Kenny, how about I fly out? To Vegas with you. I'll do all my, I'll, I'll do it on my own nickel. I'll yep. stretch you out because I want you to win the fight, blah, blah, blah. And you know, the whole nine yards. He fought his ass off, lost the fight, hired me. That one $1,500 turned into my entire company, turned into 15 UFC fighters, my DVD, my six, my six pack DVD series, my certification company, the studios, everything else. That one connection led to that all one, of that. That one 1500 I can't even, my, my DVDs at one point were for sale on UFC.com. They were on every, I've written for five magazines, train magazine, train hard, fight easy, gra- ultimate grappling, fitness trainer online, you name it. Mm-hmm. I've got 330 articles out there. And, and that's the beauty of, um, you know, connections is that, you know, you spent that $1,500 and that, you know, you worked with that guy and that led to everything else that you have, you know, 
that has come into fruition, you know, throughout your journey here, you know, in our industry. Um, but Kevin, it does look like we are running short on time. Um, but before we hop off, why don't you share, you know, your website, your social medias, your LinkedIn, um, and, you know, any potential, you know, um, keynote links that you may have for our listeners so they can, you know, find you. So all they have to go to is go to is burnwithcurrents.com, B-U-R-N-W-I-T-H-K-E-A-R-N-S. Burn with Currents on Instagram, Coach Kevin Currents. I think it's, no, I think it's Coach Kevin Currents on LinkedIn, Twitter. I don't really put much time on Twitter. I am on Facebook. There's Kevin Currents, which is maxed out almost 5,000 fans. But we do have another one called Burn with Currents. As far as keynotes, anybody wants me to come out because, you know, the new market is, you know, this is my second book. There's Light in the Tunnel, How to Survive with Private Depression. We have techniques to help coaches and trainers identify the gym owners identify the signs because nobody wants to sit there and go oh my god where's bobby oh he committed suicide yesterday what he was just in mm-hmm. the gym yesterday you got to dial into people you got to know the signs and symptoms you know one of our mm-hmm. big pushes is uh where are you from? are you in new york no i'm actually in rockland maine oh you're in rockland maine okay yeah. you may not have heard this but mclean hospital which is one of the best on the planet for for mental health mm-hmm. they're doing a program called deconstructing the stigma they've been doing it for six years oprah winfrey's involved um what's his name javi mandel the whole bit i'm oh, wow. involved in the project they've got actually it's up in maine up in bangor maine you can see yeah. in terminals eight foot posters with people's story okay so yeah i've actually seen those around here in my hometown it it's like kind of like tall and a little wide it's like and there's like well, actually, people that I know are on those, like around town. Yeah, sure. You. Yeah, that's like we just did it a couple of weeks ago. But the challenge is this for all gym owners tune into that. Okay. Remember, they've got documented proof from psychologists. I'm not a psychologist, I'm a coach. They've got documented proof from psychologists. Exercise, proper nutrition, mindset programming helps people overcome that. Mental mm-hmm. health is the new thing. Mental illness is the new thing that people, gym owners should be going after. Mm-hmm. That's where they should be going. It all starts here and then it goes to the rest. Yeah. And think about, look at, look at look how much positive energy you had about boxing, right? Yeah. I see your knuckles were a little beat up too. I saw that. <laughs> and palms, yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 for, for any gym owner or studio owner, go after that market. You know, talk to, talk to mental health hospitals, talk to these hospitals. Why not go after the obesity consult centers? People are going to train somewhere. Yeah. Get those, uh, those connections and partnerships and really just, dude, I fully agree with you. And I wish that like more gym owners did that, especially, you know, here in Rockland, you know, there's like two or three big boxes and nothing else. And they just get volume, 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 and don't care about the actual, you know, improvement of members. But anyway, that's a different conversation, but uh, Kevin, I want to thank you for hopping on today. It was a uh, pleasure speaking with you. You too, Joe. So thank you. And thank, uh, what's her, Louise? Is it Louise? Yeah, Louise. Yes. Thank God. It's not the age, it's the mileage of my brain. <laughs> no worries at all. But uh, yeah, again, thank you. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description Fill it out and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Mr. Jordan Atkins of Skip Pack Fitness, coming to you from Skip Pack, Pennsylvania. Jordan, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this. I got to ask my questions here before we got on air but I, I always like to hear it from straight from the business owner. And so give us some context of what this is before we dive into our business conversation. Skip Pack Fitness, in your own words, what is this gym? To me, it's a gym that, you know, you can come to, you know, like most of us have been to the huge gyms, right? Like the LA Fitness, so on and so forth, right? And I'm not to say anything's bad about those gyms, but for me, like I was a member before I got to purchase the gym. So I got to kind of see what the gym was about, what it had to offer. Why did I like it so much? The reason why I loved it so much is because I could come in, I could do my workout and I didn't, I wasn't really bothered, right? I didn't get the 50 million young guys that are hanging out, taking pictures, can't get on the machine uh, or the people that want to have sit there and have a conversation. I get that is part of the gym culture, but sometimes, you know, as a business person, you got maybe an hour to a half an hour that you get to come in and do your workout. So you want to be able to come in, get in and out and not really be bothered. Not to say that somebody's necessarily bothering you, but you, you got to get your workout done. Right. And you don't want to be interrupted every rep. You know, you're, you got to get into a zone, especially uh, us older people. You're like, you know what, when I get in the zone, I want to work out, get it done. And then I'm out and I got to do what I got to do. So skip back fitness yeah. is kind of that, right. Where, it's a small uh, town, but it's very, uh, I guess you want to call it kind of trendy, you know, like a maniunk or something in Philadelphia, if people are familiar with. Um, it's a place where people come, you go with your families, you walk around, you shops and everything else. It's a really awesome place. So we kind of, the gym kind of fits that vibe, right? So you come in with your key code, you come in, you work out, you do your thing, you leave. It's also a place as well, like where my my wife and my kids, you know, and my daughters, you know, and I have two sons, I have four kids. So um, where they can come and work out and you don't feel that there's a, they're going to be hit on every five minutes or there's, you know, everybody kind of, it's like cheers, right? you like, everybody knows your name. You come in, <laughs> hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of, you know, that's skip back fitness. It's, it's a, it's like a family gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and as I understand this existed, this existed before your involvement. So tell me a little bit about how you came to be the owner of this and, and when all that took place. Okay. So the owner, I'm friends with the owner um, and the uh, his son. 
and I've known them for you know years now, whatever. Like I said, I've been a member. So the manager um, that she's still actually a trainer here. She does spin. Her name's Kimmy. She, you know, I became real good friends with her. Then became friends with the owner Bob. And the next thing you know, um, five years later, I hear that hey, we're gonna be selling Skip Back Fitness, and I'm like. It, it was like a bomb, right? You're like, no, like I, what's going to happen? Is the gym going to be here? Am I going to have to go somewhere else? Like for my other businesses, my home and everything is in the same community. So when I, you know, I leave out of my house, it takes me five minutes to get to my gym. It takes me five minutes to get to my landscaping yard. Like everything is right here. So I was like, nah, this is, this is not too good for me. So I immediately went home, talked to my wife, she said, yeah, let's do it. You know, and if you're married, right, you know, I, I, you know, as a business person, you have business ideas all the time, right? So you're yeah. like, hey, what about this? And your wife's like, no, why don't you just focus on what you're doing? And, uh, but she goes, no, I think it's a good idea. And I'm like, all right. So then I had to formulate a business plan. You know, first and foremost, I had to pray about it. And I felt like, okay, uh, let's, let's move forward in that. And then I said, okay. So I went talked to Bob, gave him my business proposal. So the gym was going to be turned into a yoga studio. Um, we do all yeah. yoga, but it was going to be a strict, like no weights, all yoga. And uh, Interesting. Okay. So I was just like, nah, you know, I, you know, let me do this. So I went and talked to Bob and about, I would say about a month and a half later, we're signing paperwork, boom. And that's it. So then yeah. the rest is history. The rest is history. Tell me about that history. Tell me about your experience with taking over an existing gym like this. Because I, I, I talk to a lot of gym owners and yeah. the vast majority of the time people are starting from scratch. People are opening up right. their own thing. Right. There's a lot of a lot of challenges and unique situations that come with taking over an existing business for somebody else. Yeah. Tell me about your experience with that. Well, the good thing is, is, you know, as a business owner that owns other businesses, you understand, okay, well, is it making money? First of all, that's the number one thing. Is it making money? Or why isn't it making money? So if you figure and know why that is, like a lot of times with business, you're like, well, I don't get why we're not making any money. You know, we have the equipment, we have the advertisement, so on and so forth. Then you're like, okay, well, maybe the product we're putting out isn't good. And that's why we're not making any money. So for this, um, the gym was already making money, but it was never at its full potential because there was no advertisement. Like I said, Skip Back Fitness is in a town that is, it's a very social town, but it's still small. And, but there was no advertisement, no branding, nothing. So it's like, you can see my logo. Like, this is one of the things I implemented, you know, hoodies, shirts, um, all those kind of things, um, newer equipment, uh, social media presence. We had none of that. Like, I don't know how you even got, like, how you found us, but, like, if it was through social media, there was something that we didn't, didn't have. Um, yeah. So I realized also with being in the town, living in the town, no one knew where Skip Back Fitness was, or there was even a gym in Skip Back, right? So you say to yourself, okay, well, if you're already making money and it's already an existing gym, you don't really have to put much into it, but all you got to do is really tell people that you exist and then your membership is going to go up. So it was like a no-brainer at that point. You said, okay, well, this is, I mean, this is probably why my wife was like, uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's already making money and you just have to promote yourself even more. So I think that is the, probably the number one thing that I realized that I needed to do once I became the owner. Branded, yeah. get an advertisement, 
and you know start social media presence start making it a little bit more trendy um because i would say it was a gym that pre-covid it was very busy um i think covid did a lot of gyms you know pretty dirty so you know you had to close doors you had to shut yeah, down you're doing wrong there. yeah so and then what happened is i was like okay well covid did this kind of dirty so how do i build back up the membership but also do it in a way where we're not going the LA fitness route, right? But we're not going the route of, you know, the apartment gym type situation either. You know what I mean? Um, so we're trying to find that middle ground. And uh, I think we're we're getting closer to, uh, you know, the identity of the gym. You know what I mean? Now, from a marketing standpoint, it sounds like you guys, or you've at least had your focus on a number of things, but what's what's worked well to get some people in and what hasn't worked as well as you would have liked? Uh, I say we're still kind of, because it's only been about eight months since I've owned it now. So okay. I would say we're still in those beginning stages of figuring out what exactly is working, what is not. Um, we in Skip Back um, Village, there is... Uh, it's called skip back days. So there's like these big events, it's thousands of people um, and you can put up tents along the road and it's really cool. And we missed that kind of, um, that part of it. And so we never really got to stand out. So I think that's one of the biggest things that we uh, are focusing on next year. A lot of giveaways, a lot of, you know, booth stuff. So people can come up, try different workouts. Like how long can you you know, how many sit-ups can you do or how many dips can you do? Stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff. More more organic. What what we would filter is, is guerrilla marketing, getting out into the public, exactly. hosting yeah. events, shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever Absolutely. it consists of. What about, uh, you mentioned the advertising piece of this. Is yeah. that is that I, social I would, media? Is that Google? Yeah, social is media. that print? Tell me about yeah, it. It's mainly social media. Um, you know, we realize how important social media is in that aspect of be able to just be people see you every day, right? Um, but th these are the things that I'm learning and trying to learn because I I didn't, you know, I'm not in the fitness industry necessarily, right? So my like my son and my you know kids are really big into sports. You know, we uh, my son's like really good at football, so we travel nationally. We see how these people advertise we see how these people get people in and you realize what they use social media for is the non-stop advertisement that you see every time you're on your feed you might see this video seven or eight times and even though you're like oh i'm not even looking at it you're scrolling up you've seen it you know what i mean yeah and then sitting months, in that subconscious that's somewhere. It, right so you're sitting on your couch one day at home and skip back and you're like man i, I gotta get it together skip back oh yeah that's right there's a gym and skip back and that's mm -hmm. that's part of the advertisement there. I do believe that there needs to be more, a little bit more, uh, I don't know what you would call it, old school advertisement where you are, like I was saying about the Skip Back Village where you're out there yeah. meeting the people because the realization is not everybody is on social media. You know what I mean? Typically so, fitness requires multiple strategies, a couple right. of different fishing poles in the water, Absolutely. if you will. What's uh, what do you think is is the ceiling? Uh, how big is the facility, and, and how many members do you think you could handle given that? Uh, space? We're about forty two hundred square feet total. Um, I would say the gym maxed at. I would say two hundred and fifty members would be time to expand, which we have the ability to do so. Um, just because, like, and that's if everybody showed up. We know it working out in the, in, in gyms. You get the faithful, right? Which we definitely have. 
and then you mm -hmm. get the people that you know are you know come every couple of months whatever. a little less frequently <laughs> yeah, which is it's yeah. cool whatever be i get it like when you want to go work out and you're like you know what i have a gym that i can go to that's right. fine um so but if i would say 250 300 members would get us to the point where you're probably averaging during a week uh, a busy steady flow throughout the day do you know what i mean um you could probably max it out a little bit more than that 400 but you're talking you're you're going to be pretty packed all day and at that point you're getting into where people can't get on machines and so on and so forth you know yeah so a little bit of room to grow but but possibilities once we get to that 250 to expand beyond now walk me through uh the, the sales aspect of this getting leads and, and getting people interested is only half the battle when somebody's interested in joining the gym in, in some capacity how do they go about doing that who are they talking to what's that conversation about what do they sign up for at the end of it right. so basically you have we have our employees that you know work the desk they're also the trainer like one or one of our ladies gina uh, my daughter works the desk um so basically they'll either email call or come into the gym um, and they just sign up. It's $35 per month. Um, that includes all the classes that we offer. So we offer about eight classes uh, for free. Um, and yeah, so that that's pretty much it. So, or, you know, or the email, I'll see it and I'll contact them, but I'm in and out doing all kinds of other stuff. I don't want people to rely on me necessarily because then they'll never be able to sign up. So, you know, that's, you know, the, the there's desk hours and, um, the people come and sign up that way. And so through email, so then you come in, you sign up, you get your key. Uh, they put you in a system. You have uh, a code. We have a code to get into the door. Um, and we're open from four, uh, 530 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. So you'll be able to, yeah. So you'll be able to access the gym at any point in time. Um, our desk hours are from four to seven. And, you know, you can sign up at any point in time during during that time. You know what I mean? And so from my understanding, Jordan, it sounds like this is a fairly hands-off business for you as the owner, right? It doesn't require a ton of time or attention. And that's another thing why it was so desirable, right? When you have mm. other businesses and busy between the other three things that I have going on, I knew I physically couldn't be there all the time, you know, yeah. like for those gyms yeah. that you... You know, like I there's no shortage of stories of gym owners working 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. Yeah. But the, the cool thing is for me, like I told you before, I, I have a landscaping business, right? Atkins and Jordan Landscaping. So that was a family business, 47 years. When I took over, you know, I'm young. I'm, I'm, I got all the testosterone in the world, right? I'm like, you know what? I can do this. We can do everything. We take on every job. And years and years and years and going now, so I'm, this is my 11th year of owning the business, um, you know, taking over. And I, a, a friend of mine told me, and he read it, some book or whatever, and he's like, listen, Jordan, he's like, if you're ever going to want to be rich and, and be wealthy, you can't be out there in the field working. And I'm like, dude, no one can do it like me, right? No one can do it like me. Um, but the realization is, yes, people can do it like you. And even if they can't, you're never going to be able to be super successful if you're out in the field grinding nonstop. So you have to realize that, you know, my most profitable years is the minute I went out of the field and I, and I was doing sales and I was, you know, learning how to grow my business. And yeah, there was the hard part at first. Cause you're like, 
oh man, stuff that I'm getting complaints on, I would have never gotten complaints because I would have been there to oversee it. This is when you fine tune things. You start realizing what works, what doesn't work. So with the gym, it's like, okay, well, it, it's already existing. I don't have to be there. So now I can yeah. go and fine tune the things to make it a little bit better. And that's, we're kind of still in that process of making it better, but it kind of already works, right? So yeah, kind of lucked up there. It's an interesting situation because so many people that own gyms definitely don't have the, the business ownership background that you do. You had experience from the client side, right? You had been training right. in gyms and working out, but fitness as a new adventure, like you said, we're still kind of figuring out and tinkering and tweaking things here and there to get to what we ultimately visioned this could be. Paint that picture for me, Jordan. What's what's your goal for, for Skip Pack Fitness in the next year, two years? Two years. I want to be a I want to be more of a training facility as far as still offer the gym aspect of you just come, you do your workout, you know, you're that part of it, right? But I also like because I realized that my what youth sports with my son, right? So we're really big into that and training all the time. So I want to kind of get more into the youth training type stuff because um, it is, it is, I, I like it because I like to see the kids progress. You see a kid that wasn't fast. Now he's fast um, by a standard, right? Now you see a kid that wasn't strong. Now he's strong. And it's, and it also gets the kids up off the couch. It gets the kids off the video games. It gets them um, to have more confident in themselves and those type of things. Right. And then you start seeing them, whether you do it because you want to look good, or you do it because you're a soccer player or a basketball player, or a football player, lacrosse, whatever. You can go out there and you can train for something and you're doing it in the right parameters. Cause I don't know if how old you are, but I know for back in the day, it was like, Oh, here's weight lift. You know, <laughs> you heard exactly what it was or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but unfortunately that's still the case a lot of the time. It too, is. So. It is. <laughs> and I don't want to be a facility because I do understand how expensive that is. Like, I don't even want to give the number to how much I spent on my son's training, but it's it's kind of ridiculous, right? So you're like, man, how can a mom, a single mom or a single dad for that matter, afford to send their kid to something when it's costing you $100 a session and you're doing three, four sessions a week? Do you know what I mean? It's a car payment, a house payment for some people. So I want to get into that more, but I want to make it really affordable for people that can't afford it because you got kids that are super talented but that might never be able you might not know who the next michael jordan is because he never got an opportunity to excel and in this day and age you can't be a kid who just relies on talent you need the training you know what i mean because yeah. all these elite athletes are getting training yeah you know? um, it's uh it's an interesting situation because like you said it's only been eight months right we're still kind of getting our bearings and, right. and our ducks in a row as far as taking over and, and it's putting our putting our footprint into the ground here but it'll be really interesting and, and you purchased this at a a fun time to be a gym owner post pandemic now we can operate and now you've kind of got this artistic license to do whatever you want with it yeah It'll be it'll be cool to see how this all shapes up. Well, part of it that I left out as well is not only the youth aspect. I think one thing when you start a gym, and I think I had to learn this and I learned it really quick, you have to know what your facility, what your gym is. Like if you're starting a gym from scratch, then it's your baby, you do whatever, you design the building, you do, you do whatever. It's your own vision. But when you purchase a gym and it's 
successful already. You can't just have an ego and say, you know what, I'm going to come in, I'm going to put my stamp on it, and I'm going to change it. Because ultimately, if, if you're doing something out of passion, and you're doing something out of, I don't care if I get paid, that's one thing, right? It's kind of like the underground rappers, right? They don't care how much money they make because they it's an art. But if you're like, I want to make money, but it is a passion, then you can't lie to yourself on what your facility really is. Like, uh, there's a guy that I know, his, he has a gym. His name's Jim, but he owns a gym. He's an awesome facility, right? He was destined for it. Yeah, he was destined, right? But it's awesome because he has powerlifting. He has uh, CrossFit. Um, and there is an air to that, right? When you go in that gym, there's a feeling. There's a thing about that. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. I want to duplicate that. But if that's not who you are, and if that's not what your gym is, you can't try to force it. Because then at that point, you're just kind of trying to be somebody else. So for me with Skip Back Fitness, I don't think it's ever going to grow past the family feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's fine with me because I, I, I think people appreciate that. So people yeah. appreciate that they can drop their daughter off and she's not going to get harassed. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a big difference in our industry. There's never a shortage of ways that you can grow, right? Could you invest all of these funds and turn this into a business of... 12,000 square feet and all of these different services. Sure. You can understand what, what comes with that and and the pros and the cons and the requirements to actually run a facility like that. Maybe that's not exactly what you want for you and your situation. I'm already running two other businesses. I can't afford to, to put 50 hours a week into a gym and multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars into renovations when the, the marketplace doesn't necessarily demand anything Absolutely. like that, right? We want to keep the service that we have, albeit improving, making little percentage changes here and there just to, to kind of optimize, right? We're not making any kind of wholesale flipping this thing on its head, Absolutely. but we can tinker and tweak and, and set up some systems so that this thing runs even better. And at the end of the day, it makes money, right? That's right. That's the the point of all of this. Jordan, that's a, a good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But you mentioned creating a brand around this earlier. Where can our listeners learn more about Skip Back Fitness? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yeah, so Skip Back Fitness Center on uh, Facebook and then Skip Back Fitness on Instagram. Um, I just try to do more posting. I'm trying to get more into the live posting and, and more informational about that. It's and also it's it's a learning thing for me, right? So the more I learn, the more I grow, the more content, the more, you know, I guess good content. I like to post a lot about, you know, just you read about stuff, you're like, oh, this is how you should eat, or this is how you should work out, motivational stuff like that. I kind of want to get past that. I want to go a little bit deeper into that um, for people that, but I think this is part of not changing the culture too much about skip back fitness, right? You want to kind of be true to what we are but we do want to know people to know about fitness, right? So I think it's, it's the trainers you have, it's your ideas, where the, the people, because I realized that like a lot of, you know, our, our members, you know, they don't post a lot, right? You go to Southern gyms, people post every, I'm at the gym, I'm working out, I'm doing checking in, tagging, yeah, checking always, in, right? always. But, so you want that culture, right? Because that is, that helps you promote That's your brand. free marketing. It's 100%. free marketing. So what makes people want to do that? I think they got to love where they're working out. And that's really the end goal of what Skip Back Fitness is. 
people have to love to work out, feel invited when they step in, feel like they're not just a dollar. Do you know what I mean? And that's what all businesses, right? People want, like I go to the same pizza, pizza place, all the Tosco's pizza, right? Awesome. But I go there because when I walk in, no matter how business they, busy they are, hey, Jordan, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? You know, and that makes you say, I'll spend my money here. And that's mm-hmm. what you want as, as a business owner, as Skip Back Fitness. That's what we want people it's to the experience. That's yeah. it. Fitness that's it. Uh, as an industry, we've struggled with that for a long time people think that it's just this commodity exchange and it's not the businesses <laughs> that went out of business in the last two or three years in the pandemic they thought it was a commodity and it isn't um, so not. Yeah. jordan i i appreciate it man that's all the time we have but i can't thank you enough for your willingness to share and, and talk about what it's like for you as the owner of skip pack fitness i'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys still have some some parts in motion and, and some cards to be played so we wish you nothing but the best and, and i thank you for your time today my man well thanks Joe. thanks for having me i appreciate it absolutely to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description fill it out Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.